Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, welcome listeners to this broadcast. We begin a series today in the book of Hebrews for parts on how Jesus is better. And this first portion of Hebrews comes from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We read here from God's word. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. I wonder how you would speak to a doubting or struggling believer who was tempted to walk away from Christ. What would be the first words out of your mouth? You know, Maybe you'd want to exhort them to live for God. Maybe you'd want to warn them about the consequences of leaving Jesus Christ. In this letter, the the preacher to the Hebrews uh, exhorts the people to follow Christ and warns them about the dangers of falling away, but that's not the very first words out of his mouth. But he begins by showing the people how valuable Jesus Christ really is. And he does that so that we might cling to him. And he does that by showing us how Jesus here is God's final speech to the world, and also how Jesus is God's Savior to the world. In verses 1 through 2, we see here how Jesus is God's speech to the world. You know, God speaks, and that alone should truly amaze us. Psalm 19 tells us the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You know, we can only know God because he has chosen to freely reveal himself to us. You know, the same is true in a human relationship. I can't really know my wife unless she opens herself up to me. If I ask her, honey, what's wrong, and she says nothing, then I am left in a perpetual state of mystery, and I'm probably also in trouble. But the same is true with God. We can only know God if he reveals himself to us. And he speaks to us in the world around us, but he speaks to us especially in his word. And this is what verses 1 through 2 tell us. God speaks personally to his people. We read here that God in times of old has spoken to the fathers. Uh, This word for spoken is a unique word that has to do with speech in regards to human relationships. It's an amazingly personal way to describe God's speech. And this is what we read of in the scriptures. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see how God spoke to Adam and to Eve in the garden, and he spoke to them personally and directly. He had communion and fellowship with them. You know, even after the fall, God did not abandon his creation, but he continued to speak to his people, although he did so through angels, prophets, or even in dreams. Hebrews tells us here God not only spoke personally, but he spoke in various ways. He spoke in the time of Moses. He spoke in the time of Joshua. He spoke in the time of David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Jonah, and the list goes on. And in these different eras of redemption, God spoke in and through these various people 
Moreover, we're told here God spoke in various ways. He spoke through angels, through prophets, through dreams, through visions, through circumstances, through miracles. God used various mediums to speak to his people of old. But notice what Hebrews tells us. The preacher here says, God's final and better word that he speaks to the world is Jesus. Jesus is the final and complete revelation of God to this world. You might remember when Jesus was transfigured in Luke chapter 9, verse 35, before Peter and John, the voice of God spoke from heaven and he said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus, he says, because he is the final word of God to humanity. And how is it that Jesus is better than the prophets of old? Well, he doesn't merely speak about God's forgiveness, but he actually forgives sins himself. You might remember he said to the paralytic in John chapter 5, your sins are forgiven. He does not merely speak about God's salvation, but he can pronounce from his own lips salvation because he is not merely a prophet of old, but he is the Son of God. Notice God has not only spoken to our fathers here in the past, but he is speaking to us today in his Son. The book of Hebrews references the Old Testament in the present, saying the Holy Spirit speaks today. The Holy Spirit speaks to the church today through the living word of God. And so we are to listen to Jesus today with the Hebrew Christians. We're to pay special attention to God's final word to us in Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is not only God's speech to the world, but he is God's savior for the world. That's the second thing here. He's God's savior. We read in verse 2 through 4 these words. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who is Jesus as the Savior? Well, Hebrews tells us first here, he's the creator. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made through him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 tells us the same truth. For by him, that is Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Here the preacher tells us that God's Son not only created the world, but that he also created the ages. Time and space and the various ages were set up by Christ. But notice, he not only created these things, but we're told here that he upholds the world by the word of his power. You know, Jesus is not like the Greek mythological creature Atlas who carried the world on his back and shoulders. No, Jesus upholds the world by his word. He is powerful to create by his word, and he is powerful to uphold all things by his word. And he not only effortlessly upholds the world, but uh, this word here of uphold has to do also with guiding the world to a certain end. And what a comforting truth that must have been for the Hebrews to hear. What a comforting truth that is for us. That this world, that Christ's church, and that our own lives are in the hand of Jesus Christ. And he is guiding all things to their appointed end. Sustaining us, keeping us, preserving us. But how is he able to do that? 
We're told here by Hebrews, he's not only the creator, but he's also the divine son of God. Hebrews says he is the radiance of the glory of God. God's glory is his beauty and his perfections, his excellence, his purity, his goodness. God's attributes, again, are revealed in the world around us. But creation simply reflects God's glory as the moon reflects the light of the sun. The moon doesn't shine its own glory, but it simply reflects the sun's glory. But Jesus shows us God's glory in his very being. Hebrews says he is the radiance of the glory of God, the one who shines forth God's brightness into our dark world, just as the sun beams its rays on this earth, because he is of the same substance of his Father. In the words of a historic creed, the Nicene Creed, he is God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Well, what did Jesus come to do as the creator, as the divine son? We read here in verse 3, he came to make purification for sins. This phrase refers to Christ making atonement for our sins at the cross. And here we see how far Jesus shows us the glory of God. He shows us the justice love, holiness, and mercy of God in the cross. Our sins need to be dealt with by a holy God, and Jesus came out of the Father's love to show us that God is both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. He is not only our prophet who reveals God to us, but he is our priest who makes atonement for our sins. But lastly here, the preacher shows us Christ is our Savior because he is also our King. We're told that after he finished the work of the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You know what it's like, I'm sure, to sit down after a long day or a long season of work, after maybe going to school or uh, being out with the family all day. You know what it's like to sit down at the end of the day and to enjoy a nice meal and to put up your feet. In the beginning, we're told that God sat down and rested on the seventh day after he completed his work of creation. Likewise, the Son, after he completed his work of salvation and the cross and said, It is finished, he sat down as the Lord of all. This act of sitting down is important because it shows us that our salvation is complete. After the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, the priests would always present themselves before God, but they would always remain standing because their work was never done. Another priest would come the next year and offer another sacrifice. But here Jesus, after he makes a sacrifice for sins, he sits down because our full salvation has been accomplished by him. But second, his sitting down at the right hand of God shows us that he is indeed Lord of all. Jesus said after his resurrection, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and he is now the resurrected and ascended king who dwells in the place of power and in the place of completion. And we are to rest in his finished work and submit ourselves to his lordship over our lives. The Hebrews tells us here in this first meditation that Jesus is supremely valuable, that if we need truth today, Jesus is the better prophet who not only speaks to us the word of God, but who reveals God in his very being. If we need cleansing from our sins today, from a guilty conscience, we're told that Jesus is the better priest who has come to make atonement for our sins. 
And if we need guidance for our lives today, he is the better king who rules at the right hand of God, who is indeed guiding this world and our lives to a glorious end. May we put our eyes upon Jesus today, who is greater than all. I look forward to continuing to meditate on the book of Hebrews with you in this four-part series. Next time, we'll consider how Jesus is greater than the angels. Have a nice day.